Hello, welcome to another episode of Rando Rob. My name is Rob, and on this show, I share random items from my collection of collections. I have acquired uh, literally thousands of things throughout my lifetime that all fall into certain categories, uh, and um, I like showing them off. I like talking about them, and I like talking about the stories about uh, when I found them or received them. And I like talking about the memories associated with those things. So, um, the easy thing is to track which items I've already shared. I believe this is episode number 88. I have a spreadsheet that tracks uh, everything that I've shared so far so that I don't reshare something because uh, my brain is a warm bowl of pudding and that is entirely possible. However, uh, the thing that gets harder to remember what I've shared or not shared are the stories uh, associated with those things. I could share, uh, for example, two different VHS tapes and tell the same story about maybe uh, my first VCR or something like that. So I try pretty hard not to do that on this show. And I am pretty sure uh, that I, well, I'm 100% sure that I have a uh, old Star Wars item sitting here next to me. Uh, this Star Wars item, I believe, is the oldest item I have shared on Retro Rob. <laughs> I started calling it Retro Rob. Rando, Rando Rob. I can't mess up the show now. It's Rando Rob. Uh, I think this is the oldest item. Uh, it's definitely the oldest Star Wars item that I have shared. And uh, it is not... From the Christmas of 1978, it is from the Christmas of, I believe, 1979. So, a uh, little bit of back history, and this is something that I'm sure I have covered on the show before, and if you are a Star Wars, uh, vintage Star Wars collector, or if you are around uh, when uh, Star Wars collecting or Star Wars toys were first released, you probably already know this, so I will blow through it very quickly. Um, but... Uh, Essentially, the uh, people that were marketing, Kenner and, and other companies that were going to market Star Wars toys, had no idea uh, what impact Star Wars was going to have. They didn't know uh, what kind of, uh, how it was going to do in the, in the box office, that it was going to smash uh, every record <laughs> ever known to man uh, when it came to the box office returns. And so they weren't ready for the demand of Star Wars toys. Now, uh, Star Wars came out in the uh, summer, early summer of 1977. I believe it was May 25th, uh, 1977. And uh, by Christmas of 1977, there were some items available, but there were no action figures. There were no... Uh, uh, play sets or vehicles. There was no nothing from Kenner. Uh, it was, uh, I think, maybe like the Han Solo uh, blaster. I think that was available. Maybe the lightsaber, uh, like a full-size lightsaber uh, that was plastic that you could whack people on the head with was available. Uh, there was the uh, inflatable R2-D2 uh, bopper thing that you could punch so there were some things that were available, but not, again, not all the action figures and toys that we would associate with Star Wars and Star Wars toys and, and Star Wars collecting. That didn't come until 1978. So by uh, the Christmas of 1978, uh, there was still a huge demand 
for Star Wars toys. And so that Christmas from Santa, I received the TIE fighter, the X-Wing fighter, and the land speeder. I mean, these were the three biggies uh, at the time. And all the action figures that were available in uh, 1978. Now, Star Wars line launched with, I think, 12 uh, action figures. And I there may have been a few more available by Christmas of 78. But it wasn't that many. So my stocking was just full of Star Wars action figures. It was a very, very Star Wars Christmas. It was a wonderful Christmas. Um, we, we got a VCR in 1978 that came with a black and white camera and i have that christmas uh, i still have it digitized i have the recording of that christmas of me open up my stocking and and finding every star wars action figure and saying oh it's the death star droid and you know all the going through every figure and and just running around and and um uh, there's almost a sense of frustration i think from my parents uh, and who hasn't been frustrated with a kid on christmas morning uh, because I have all these presents to open and all I want to do is run around with a TIE fighter and an X-Wing fighter and play with Star Wars for the rest of the morning. I think they really had to get me to sit down and focus <laughs> to, to keep opening uh, my other presents. So uh, other things were released uh, in later years, right? And so I believe in 1979 uh, was the year that I got two more big Star Wars toys. One was the Millennium Falcon and the other was the Death Star. I think those were both 1979 toys. Um, the uh, Death Star, which is what we're going to be talking about today, was didn't look anything like the Death Star. I mean, if you had to choose one shape to say what shape is the Death Star, most people would say round. You might say sphere. <laughs> Um, it was mistaken for a moon in, in the movie, but, uh, in the uh, Kenner toy line, it was as if, uh, first of all, if you took, um, not the shape of a sphere, but the shape of a cake, <laughs> a cylinder that's flat on top and flat on bottom, more or less. Uh, and then you took a slice of cake and pulled that out. That is the shape of the Death Star toy. It is um, uh, uh, trapezoid. I guess it's a three-dimensional trapezoid. It is curved on the outside to kind of represent the outside of the sphere of the Death Star. It's skinnier on the inside. Uh, it kind of goes in to a narrow point. And then there are uh, multiple different uh, levels. And each of the levels of the Death Star toy has... Uh, represents a scene from the movie. So on the very top level, for example, there's the big gun, and that was the big giant gun that they used to shoot and blow up uh, Alderaan. And so then the next level, I think the next level uh, is the retractable drawbridge that Luke and Leia swung over in the movie. And it came with a little uh, rope, you know, where swing people over and stuff. So, so you could, you know, you could really have the tractor beam on the outside uh, where Obi-Wan could go um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, disable the tractor beam on, on the big tower, the catwalk that went around the tower. So you could reenact all these different uh, scenes from the movie. It was super cool. It was super expensive. It was very, very expensive. Uh, and, and compared to, you know, the price of other, other toys. Um, 
and it was like I don't want to say it wasn't a great toy, but I mean there was just not that much you could do with it. You could play with your figures on each of these things, but after a while you would go, eh. You know, I could just play with my figures in the backyard or on my bookshelf or flying around in in spaceships and things like that. So it kind of had limited appeal. It was also very large, so it was difficult to store. Uh, It was kind of flimsy. It was the uh, uh, in between the levels were these plastic girders that tended to break. The uh, graphics on the outside were printed on these sheets of cardboard. And so those cardboard sheets tended to rip or get lost or removed. So it just wasn't a very uh, durable toy, especially, you know, for a playset that kids are going to play with. Now, my first, my original Death Star uh, originally broke, or eventually broke, I should say. Um, uh, the, the girder snapped. Somebody stepped on it or or um, sat on it or did something, I don't know, but it, but it, it did break. And so when that happened, there were only a few things that you could save or salvage from the Death Star. One was that gun. So everybody had the big giant gun. Even if you didn't have a Death Star anymore, you still kept that gun. But the other thing uh, that I have and that I kept all these years is the trash compactor. Now, if you uh, have ever seen Star Wars, you know that there's the scene where um, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker show up to rescue Princess Leia. They go to the detention block. When they come out, their exit is blocked by stormtroopers. And so Princess Leia shoots a hole, uh, and uh, they, along with uh, Chewbacca, jump into this uh, trash compactor, which... Um, seems to be a bad situation when this, uh, one eyed monster comes up from the trash garbage and tries to drown Luke. And then gets worse when the walls begin to close in and almost smash our heroes until C-3PO and R2-D2 who are in another location are able to turn off, uh, the trash compactor. So in the bottom of the Death Star toy was a trash compactor. And I will show you, this is the trash compactor. This is my trash compactor from, uh, 1979, I believe, uh, from my actual death star toy. Now, uh, originally it had, uh, as you can see it, if, if you're listening and you're not looking, it is a plastic, uh, cube, uh, rectangular there are slots for windows on the side now originally i believe this had i know it had uh plastic windows that fit into those uh window gaps mine doesn't have the windows anymore they popped out uh then there's uh, nothing that goes on the top the top is always empty because this slid in underneath the death star uh toy so it was on the bottom level now on one side you have a door that pops open. I should say that all the, the molding of the Death Star is orange and then the floor inside, uh, and, and the pieces that, that snap on and attach that we'll be talking about are, uh, in a blue color. So on one side of the trash compactor, we have this door that kind of pops open. It's hinged at the bottom. It snaps on, uh, snaps off. A lot of times when you find it, this thing is, is gone and broken. But on the other side, there is, uh, a corkscrew that we can see. And this is, uh, one of the world's most simple, Simplest to operate toys. If you look down in there, the handle that attaches to the corkscrew is just this big threaded thing, and it attaches to uh, a movable wall. So 
the idea was you would uh, move the corkscrew all the way back, and that makes uh, as much room as possible. This also came with uh, simulated garbage for the garbage chute, which was little squares and cubes of colored foam. And you would fill the Death Star trash compactor up with foam. Now, Kenner used that foam on several different toys, and it never lasted. The The foam degraded. Uh, there was a, uh, I have a Chewbacca Mandalier action figure carrying thing, and the foam is gone on it. Uh, I had the Yoda uh, Dagobah playset, and it had foam which was a little area where that was supposed to be like quicksand that R2-D2 could um, sink down into, and that foam deteriorated. So the, the foam just basically rotted uh, just, just from age. Uh, but you could put whatever you want in the little trash compactor here. But the idea is that you would put uh, the characters in there, and so I'm showing it uh, from the top for the camera, so imagine you're looking down, uh, and then you would turn this knob and the wall slowly moves in uh, and will eventually smash uh, our heroes. Now, it doesn't go all the way to the end. Uh, it only goes from about the one-third position to about the two-thirds position. Uh, it, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't retract all the way, and it doesn't smash all the way. But if you had this thing filled up with uh, the foam, little garbage and stuff, it would be enough to make the... Tr the idea is you get it full enough to where when you uh, turn the... the corkscrew all the way that all that trash and everything pushes up against that door and the door will pop open. And that would be how our, uh, heroes would, would escape. Now I, I'm kind of lying. I kind of lied because it, it does go back pretty far. It goes back further than one third. I mean, it probably goes back to like, I don't know, maybe a, an eighth or something up against the back wall. But, but when you close it and I'm sure, uh, this was designed in a way to where, uh, or, or to uh, close at a level, they probably, my guess is that they got a bunch of uh, five to seven-year-olds and said, stick your hand in here. And at what point <laughs> does this have to stop where it can't really smash your hand? And if you look at how far that closed, my guess is that's what they came up with. That's about the average size hand for a five to seven-year-old. Uh, so this came with, as I said, it came with plastic windows that popped in the side and they were all one piece on each side. So it was all three windows that popped in, uh, those tend to disappear over time. Uh, it came with the foam that went in, that was the trash, but it came with something else. It came with an action figure, not really an action figure per se. Uh, but it came with this little green monster which i will hold up to the camera now uh it kind of looks like uh a cross between maybe the loch ness monster and a pterodactyl i'm not really sure like uh if you remember the green monster that stuck its head up from the uh garbage that had one eyeball he stuck his eyeball up and blinked bloop, bloop, in the uh in the movie. Now this figure has much in the movie. That's all we got to see that and some tentacles. Uh, this one doesn't really have those same kind of tentacles, but uh, we can look at what he does have. He has a, a big uh, dorsal fin, almost like a, 
stegosaurus, I suppose. Um, on the back, he has these two trailing kind of legs. And then on the side, he has wings or fins, whatever that would be. And then if you look at the front, at the front of the body, he has a very ferocious looking mouth, uh, a big mouth that has been sculpted. Now this thing is all one piece. It's kind of a green rubber thing. Uh, and I've been holding out on you. The name of this figure, uh, or this creature is the Dianoga. The Dianoga is the name of, uh, this guy that lived in the trash compactor. So, uh, he came with the trash compactor. And so what I will do is I'll unscrew this just a, a little bit and put him inside here. And so you could see that the trash compactor, uh, you know, the uh, Dianoga lived there in the trash compactor along with trash. And then you could put Luke and Leia and Chewbacca and Han Solo in here and smash them all up with the Dianoga. And maybe he would get them or maybe they would escape. Who knows? It was up to you because you owned uh, the action figures, and you could play with them any way you wanted. Now, um, I talked about a little bit over the years buying new Star Wars things. When the Star Wars Power of the Force line came out, which was in the mid-90s, it was before uh, Episode One had been released, so this was 1994 when uh, the Power of the Force line Came out, I got all into Star Wars all over again. I got very excited about Star Wars. I was buying all these Star Wars uh, action figures. And I, I mean, literally, I got I got in this hype by 95. Like, I would go to Toys R Us uh, on certain days because I knew that's the day that they got their toy shipments because I just had to have, um, you know, this specific figure. Or, um, you know, we were using the Internet and there were rumors. People would say, you know... Uh, like uh, there was a Boba Fett that had a full uh, circle on his shoulder, but then there was like a half moon logo. And so you'd have to go, oh, I got to get all the variants, you know? So uh, it, it really triggered the um, the collector in me to want to get them all and, and, um, and not open them and store them and do all, all those kinds of things, you know? Uh, but around that same time, the mid to late uh, 1990s, uh, I really turned my attention back on vintage collecting because uh, I had a job where I was making decent money. I didn't have kids yet, and everything was focused on this new Star Wars stuff, but uh, there were a lot of holes in my personal Star Wars collection from when I was a child. Um, and one of those was my Death Star, which was long gone. All I had left of it was this trash compactor, which uh, the trash compactor and the blue gun <laughs> at the top were the only things that had survived uh, from my Death Star. And so um, there's a local toy store near me and uh, that, that buys and sells vintage toys. And sometimes when they get items in or they get, they have too much or they have overflow, there used to be an auction house next door and they would take items next door to the auction house. And so, uh, they would, they would post pictures of what they were going to auction off. It was every Friday night. And I went, uh, saw the pictures one week and saw the, uh, uh, Death Star, a vintage Death Star in the box. And so, and I say late nineties, uh, when I did this, Mason, my son who was born in, in 2001 was probably three or four years old. So this would have been closer to 2005. Um, but I went to the auction and I ended up purchasing or winning 
in the auction, uh, the vintage Death Star in the box. So it's a, a brand new um, Death Star. Now the box is kind of beaten up, but it's all there. Uh, and it had been opened and resealed, but all the parts, everything to the, the Death Star is inside the box. So I do have a vintage complete Death Star that's not assembled. Uh, it is in the original box and, um, uh, I love it. <laughs> when I look at the box, it reminds me of, uh, uh, you know, that Christmas finding the Death Star, uh, underneath the tree. Uh, so I, I do love it, but, uh, as much as I love that one, I do love this little trash compactor. And I, and again, these are not, uh, the trash compactors are not as rare as a full size death star. The full size death star is a little bit harder to find and more expensive. Well, obviously way more expensive, uh, because first of all, they were an expensive toy in the first place. So there weren't as many of them. And second of all, they were kind of fragile and they had a lot of little pieces that could break off, um, or the whole thing could break. Or then eventually when kids, uh, weren't as interested in Star Wars. It was easier to keep, let's say, your action figures and get rid of uh, a toy that was, you know, two and a half feet tall and <laughs> whatever. So, um, yeah, so so the uh, uh, there's a lot more trash compactors still left than there are uh, actual Death Stars. I had, I mean, have, I do have, my parents are still alive. Um, so I don't want to say I had the best parents, but when I was a child, uh, I had parents who my dad told me a story one time about how he had gone to multiple stores looking for a Tauntaun, uh, because that was the, the hot item that year when, uh, the empire strikes back came out. So my parents really knew what the cool Star Wars toys were. You know, that you'd always have that um, maybe an aunt or uncle that knew you were into Star Wars and then they might get you Star Wars mittens. Um, or, you know, they're like, I got you an action figure and it would be the Death Star droid uh, or the power droid. And you'd be like, great. Yeah, I love the power droid. He can really not fit in any spaceship. <laughs> He could just walk around and go gonk. Uh, so, but to have parents that really understood like what uh, was popular and what kids really wanted and to listen, you know, when you went and, and told Santa, they might've uh, had an influence on, on what Santa uh, brought Christmas morning, you know? So uh, I had pretty, pretty awesome Christmases for sure. I got a lot of great Star Wars toys uh, over the years. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the Star Wars things that I have on my shelves that you can see, if you're watching the video, you can see on display behind me. And I have tubs and tubs and tubs. I have another, at least another dozen 30 gallon tubs of Star Wars stuff. I don't know where I'm going to put it all. Um, but you know, a lot of those things are, uh, things that I bought later, you know? Um, and those things don't have really the nostalgic pull, uh, for me, you know? Um, and, and it's difficult to know what to do with them at this point. It's hard to get rid of them because other people don't want them. So I have a lot of stuff that came out in the mid to late two thousands and people just, you know, aren't, it's not very collectible anymore. Um, 
but the stuff that I find as I get older that, that, uh, that I hang on to and that really means something are the things that, uh, you know, I got as gifts as a kid or, or that, uh, you know, or replacing a gift. Like if I had something and I, I get it again, you know, uh, those are the types of things that, uh, I really uh, treasure. So, uh, this, uh, you know, I, I, um, I have different, I, it's not an actual ranking. Like I don't sit there and think about it, but I'm just kind of thinking about it right now. Like I have things that I go, you know, I could take it or leave it. Like some of the newer Star Wars stuff I go, if I got rid of it tomorrow, I'd be okay with it. You know, take it or leave it. Then I have the stuff that I like, I really, I really like that stuff. You know, uh, just a lot of the, the vintage things, a lot of the action figures. I just go, I really like those. And then there are things that I go, I will have until I'm dead. Uh, until I die, until I leave this earth, uh, I will own these items. And, uh, this trash compactor is one of those items. I will never get rid of it. I don't have any reason to get rid of it. Uh, I will own it until I die. Uh, even if I got rid of, you know, 99% of my collection, if I had to just pick a very small subset of things to keep, it would be the things that I received as a child. And this would be one of them. So. Uh, I hope everybody is enjoying the, uh, vintage episodes of retro God bless America of rando Rob <laughs> that I have been, uh, putting up. Uh, you can find all the episodes of rando Rob on YouTube. You can go to youtube.com forward slash Rob O'Hara. There is a rando Rob playlist. So you can go right there and I'm uploading those one a day during the weekdays. Uh, so, uh, and they still have their original numbers. So if you see these, like this is number 88, uh, this is a new episode, but if you see the, um, older episodes, one, two, three, four up so far this week, we'll get five, six, seven, and eight. Those are, uh, older episodes. So, uh, I hope you're enjoying those. Also, I did add a feed. Uh, you can find it on iTunes. If you go to iTunes and look for rando space, Rob, you'll find it. I tried that earlier. It's the only feed that comes up. Uh, so you can find Randall Rob if you want to add it to your podcatcher and, and enjoy listening to these uh, during your, your drives or commute or whatever. Uh, you can do that as well. You can also download them or listen to them directly on my website, which is podcast.robohara.com. You'll find them there as well. So thanks, everybody, for uh, joining me as I go through this gigantic collection of items that I have. And, uh, uh, I hope everybody has a very happy and festive and safe, uh, holiday season. I'll talk to you guys soon.